the day's top headlines about your favorite teams, your favorite players, and who's putting numbers on the board. As always, Wildcat 91.9 Sports is supported by Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville, Meritrust Credit Union of Manhattan, Meadowlark Hills Retirement Community, Midwest Dream Car Collection, and by WTC Fiber Communications. Tonight's skill player is Jasmine Halliburton. She's not complicated, but she can't be replicated because no one is doing it quite like her. It's time to run it back with Jasmine Halliburton on Wildcat 91.9. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. Y'all heard the big man. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And joined with me in the studio today is none other than The Usuals with John Grove. And then we have Grant Snowden in the building with y'all. Back after a much-needed spring break, ladies and gentlemen. You can clap for yourself if I hope you have fun. But I'm very, very sorry that, you know, everything got to go back to normal. Everybody got to go back to class. Well, y'all got to go back to class. I mean, I got I to I gotta high key easy this semester. But it's not about me. It's not about me. First, we can just talk about how y'all spring break went. Grant, I, you said you went through Miami. You know what I mean? A lot of nice, wholesome fun down there in, oh, yeah. in Florida, I'm sure. Yep. It was, you know, mid-80s. It was all warm. And then I got back and it was snowing. Ah, that and sounds all right. Like, so I didn't bring back the sunshine. Mr. 305. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it. John, did you uh, have a good spring break? I, I pretty much did nothing except watch basketball. See, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, we 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 worked the Wichita State game. I, I was holding the light you, for you while you were sideline reporting. Uh, I mean, I was just completely checked in on basketball the entire break. Uh, and then prior to prior to the to spring break week, uh, uh, I spent two days in Kansas City broadcasting for Wildcat ninety one nine and had a blast for that too. Hey, absolutely. See, you did something, me. You know, we here. We here. Pretty much all. I only was pretty much on my couch, made a whole dent in it, watching basketball the entire week. Every now and again, I got to go to work. You know what I mean? At 5.30 a.m. at my other job, I came in. And then, of course, me me and John were at the women's NIT game mm-hmm. where K-State absolutely bounced that behind of Wichita State. But we'll get into that later. That's behind. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. I promise you. I promise you. But first... I know we got we got to get into it, man. We 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 gotta we gotta really really get into it. You feel me? And it's just that K State men's basketball is just doing the damn thing right now. You feel me? I mean, we if I'm I know y'all don't live under a rock because y'all wouldn't be listening to me if y'all did. You feel me? March Madness is something that started, and if y'all hear this song real quick. Go ahead, bob your head, clap your hands. I know y'all want to. Hey, 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 hey. This is what we on. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we on. We on that low down. You feel me, little baby? This seems to be the anthem of this K State men's basketball team right now. And who the hell am I to say that this ain't working? Embrace it. Embrace it all. Know, Crazy faith. Right. Crazy faith. Crazy faith. One, two, dot, 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 continuous. Okay? That's what they got. That's what they sporting on the on their long sleeve shirts. That, yo, Coach Tang, if you listening, please, I need to cop me one. You feel me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, need, I need to cop me one because it's tough. That's tough. This is what they on. They on that crazy faith. They on that low down. They on that. They on that kill them. You feel me? We heard Marquise 
He said, kill him. Kill him. And my boy kill did. Him. My boy did. And that's what he on. That's what everybody is on because, like, bro, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. It's been a... It feels way too long. It feels way too long, and it's and it's crazy because I'm I always love March Madness. I always love it, and the only good thing about these past three years where K State's not in it, I can watch without really any anxiety because I had no dog in the fight. But now, I mean, I'm still just as excited. But damn it, if I'm not filled with full of anxiety every single day that there's basketball games on. But right now, it's a it's a good anxiety. I know I was I was kind of nervous again when they were playing or preparing. For Montana State because it was literally practically like the last game of the day it was an 8:40 tip off for some damn reason yeah. nine and it didn't really get started until nine o'clock. Let's be real, yeah. let's be honest, you know. And you had to watch the entire day of upsets and you kind of started to be like anybody can get got for real. And I'm like I don't want to get got. When uh, when per- Purdue lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, mm-hmm. my my tensions raised a little bit high yeah. for, on Montana State. Mm-hmm. On top of lost as well. On, on top of it, I just always bring this up, but. Uh, uh, we we always just we always get distracted from the fact that Montana State's colors are blue and gold. Mm-hmm. The last two, the last times we've been roped up by a 13 seed, a 14 seed, their colors are blue and gold. I was like, no, uh, oh my God. I, I, my, I I need to take more visits to the cardiologist. And like, stuff wasn't like the last that. one what UC Davis or something like that? Or uh, Irvine. UC Irvine. Irvine. There was oh. a lot of UC whatever, but yeah. I because I thought about that. That was the last. That was the last time K State was in the tournament, and it ended so. Horribly, <laughs> and it, it ended horribly. It ended horribly, but it was so good to be back where the hell were we supposed to be. Yep. <laughs> this is where we belong. And that game against Montana State, I know we'll talk about it briefly because turns out we didn't really have too much to worry about. Even though there was a lot of close games with higher seeds to you know double digit seeds throughout the day, there was like like maybe a three point lead at halftime, or maybe even the higher seeds might have been down like five or six at halftime, and it was close, and then they started to realize who the hell they were, and then luckily that kind of escaped us a little bit. They, we, held, we held them in check for the majority of the game. I know that one kid, Raekwon Battle, if he decides to enter his name in the transfer yeah, portal, hey, I know I'd be like, hey, big boy, we got, a, we got a spot for you, my boy. <laughs> we got a spot for you if he ever decides, obviously. If he doesn't, that's cool with him, but I'm just you saying. You got a good look at K-Stadium, and maybe, I'm just maybe, just he's saying, thinking, mm, this is a This know, is a kind of attractive uh-huh, place to be, uh-huh. you feel me? This is a, but just a, but that's, still, that's still besides the point. That's still besides the point. If he decides to come come next year, then that's who we'll talk about. But that's not who we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about this K-State men's basketball team. And like I said, briefly, talk about Montana State. You know, they packed them up. But what we really got to start with is pretty much a rivalry birthed, in my opinion, with K-State Wildcats and the Kentucky Wildcats because Marquise Noel, he whooped that ass. Let's be honest. Let's be real. He whooped that ass. All right. He had 27 points, nine assists, and three steals against Kentucky. And I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, 23 of his points came in the second half. That's when my boy started to cook. Yep. To cook. And that led to some very salty comments from, uh, what's his face? Kyler Perry, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Kelly Kelly Kapari. I'm not sure what his name is, but you know, let's take a listen to what he had to say post game. Let's just take a quick listen. Oh, that's not it. Even though we wish we listened to that song again, but no, that's not it, little baby. We had some guys really fight like crazy, and um, and then had a couple guys offensively not play their game the way they played all year. But that stuff happens in this tournament, and we had a. Did a pretty good job on Johnson, and he makes that three. And the little kid makes the three. 
how he, he, you know, make a deep three. We miss a couple and all of a sudden it's, it gets out of hand. But um, these kids fought. They never stopped. Kids fought. They never stopped. Do you know how damn disrespectful that is to call mm-hmm. someone who cooked your ass a little <laughs> kid? Disre- uh, disrespectful to the point where we, we, we actually had the Maestro Doom uh, tweeting about it as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, cause granted, apparently the more, like, I've kind of, you know, read through comments, you know, and quote tweets about this on Twitter and stuff like that, and apparently this is, this is not unusual for Kelly Perry, um, and what he likes to say on post games, sometimes little backhanded compliments every now and again, uh, sore loser vibes, yeah. which is very, it's honestly to me it's believable, cause this is the first time I've ever heard of this man's post-game press conference or any press conference for that matter it's the first time ever but everyone's saying like yeah this is pretty on 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 brand for tyler perry you know what i mean for what he does and what he says after games low-key backhanded low-key sort of loserish and i'm like you know what this is all i necessarily need to do because what's funny what's funny is because he knew marquise noel's name and when they were preparing for you know post uh, for press conferences before the game started you know the whole other day in between you know he said his name at a press conference before yeah and he was giving him a lot of credit and you know yeah. and he was and he was but as soon as soon as as soon as some some don't go his way as soon as he like you know what i think i'm gonna be upset i don't know why i'm gonna be upset only reason i'm gonna be upset is it's because of this kid's fault it's not because i'm a bad coach no that's not it it's because it's this little kid's fault this five eight grown-ass man done took y'all to the shed and absolutely spanked that behind. Because if this man is a little kid, then whose ass was he whooping out on the court if this man is a little kid? Answer me that, Kelly Perry. Answer me that. Who is it? Because I don't really know. Because like I said, let me just read this stat- man's stats again. 27 points, 9 assists, 3 steals. Mr. Kelly Kapowski, he had all his comments he had to say. He even used his one what in-game interview to discuss the referees and we already know the type of bull that the ref was on granted he the refs were terrible that game i think k-state fans and kentucky fans that's the one thing that we can all agree on but it's all going to be arguing about who had benefited most okay k-state was like yo kentucky was in the bonus like halfway into the second half Mm -hmm. let's be honest oscar shibe as a beast as that man is don't (laughs) get me wrong oscar shibe was eaten and he and he has this man absolutely eats on the glass okay but let's be for real Half of his 18 rebounds at least were over-the-back calls that were not called. Let, mm-hmm. let me add, add this as well. Shibuya had just about as many free-throw attempts as K-State has uh, mm-hmm. as, an, as an entire team. He mm-hmm. had 11 free-throw attempts. K-State had 12. I mean, the fact that he only had also one, one foul uh, to go along with that as well is just it, – it's pathetic. I don't understand. It's pathetic. I don't know. The man had traveling calls. The man was camped out in the lane, had his own pillow, had his blanket, had a nightlight in the lane. But, you know, nothing was called. But I get it. I get it. They're Kentucky. They have that special name on the front of their jerseys. They have the, they have they have the Adolph status. Rupp, you know, big old state, like, you know, arena that they got. You know, big things happen. Like, this is, I'm on, you know, Jonathan Kelly Kapowski Calipari. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> don't you know who the hell I am? You know what I mean? What, how dare you mean I can't get this call? I am a blue blood. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? But let's, I mean, look at it. Let's just look at it. Let's look at the facts, Mr. Kelly Perry. Y'all weren't good enough. Mm-mm. Y'all weren't good enough. I'm not saying y'all are terrible, but y'all y'all weren't good enough. And this and this little kid absolutely whipped y'all's behind. And I granted, he, he took a lot of the weight. He took a lot of the weight, but he wasn't by himself. Because there's someone else we have to talk about. Naquan Tomlin was, 
he was he was eating that first half, baby. Mm-hmm. He was. He was eating that first half. Let's be real. Let's be honest. And K State's defense in this game was mwah, Chef's kiss. I get it, Oscar Sheba. He's gonna get his. They realize that. They they've prepared this ever since they knew their opponent. Ever since that final buzzer came against Montana State, they knew Oscar Sheba was more than likely gonna get it. He ended the game with 25 points, 18 rebounds. Kid had a good game. Yep. He had a good game. This this is not unusual. That these are his numbers, right? But everybody else that Kentucky had, you know, granted there was also this other kid who did a really good job. You know, they were okay with letting him cook, and they're the, honestly the only reason that Kentucky had a chance to be honest with you in this game is K State missing shots, and this kid and Oscar Sheway giving them chance, and that would be what's his face, do 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 Carson Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, no. or is it Kaysen? I don't know. Yeah, yes, Kaysen. Kaysen? I don't know. These words are small in here, but he had twenty. He had twenty-one points. Okay, he had a he had a good game. He had a good game, but that clearly was not enough because no, neither of these teams were shooting. Okay, yeah. it wasn't a whole bunch, but just the fact that we had Marquise Noel and they didn't, the fact that we had Naquan Tomlin and they didn't, it's just the fact that yeah, I know, I know, Keontae Johnson he did not have the greatest game, but we had them and they didn't. I'm just yeah. saying, and he and he didn't, maybe he didn't have the great game, but all he needed to do was show up for at least a couple of moments here and there, and that's what he did, especially with that three-point shot that was basically the dagger in the game. Yeah, that's and all it needed. I think that's an area where Kentucky really struggles. Is I feel like they never had a sense of a true point guard, mm. like we yes. do with Marquise Noel, even though nobody else in the country has Marquise Noel. But mm-hmm. I mean, even Antonio Reeves, he did. He did not have a good game, not and at that all. was one of our main concerns. I feel like that was just really the downfall for Kentucky that game. Well, I think we just got to cut to the t- cut to the facts, and we used. I mean, fans have used it before the games. Uh, Drum Tank mentions it in his post game press conferences. K State's got dudes. Yes. Uh, they got yeah. dudes. Uh, Noel and Keontae, they were both first team All Big Twelve picks. Uh, Desi Sills has has won any everywhere he's been. Uh, I mean, there may or may not be a player in the Big Twelve that as high as a ceiling as Naquan Tomlin, all that potential. Mm-hmm. And you also have Ish Masood. He's hit big shots before, uh, a la Baylor uh, in Waco, Oklahoma State. Uh, and now and now he, he drains uh, at number three to, to give K-State the lead. On what, what was it, like one of two of his attempts at, yeah. at, at, at a field goal? So mm-hmm. he, he was able to, to contribute real late, and a lot of guys have as well. I mean, they put in all the work and time. And and that is why it's an um, it's it's unfolding to plan. And K State wants to trust their work. They're expecting to play great on Sunday afternoon. It was not fake confidence uh, projected by the players. They expected to win. They expected to have that mindset, knowing okay, we are clearly the better team. Besides Oscar Shibwe, we can we can just completely take everybody else out of a game, and we can just roll from there. Exactly, and and they proved in this. And it's crazy. And, and and another thing why, you know, John Kelly Perry is probably so damn pissed with his team and so damn pissed with, you know, Marquise Noel and all their uh, and all the other Kentucky fans. They're like, oh, so he can get away with yelling and doing like a three-point gun motion to the bench and slamming the ball down on the ground. I was like, look here. If half y'all players had that same intensity of Marquise Noel, y'all probably wouldn't be complaining because y'all maybe could have won. If y'all tried to match intensities... Things could have worked better in your favor, but they didn't. And watching Kentucky on Sunday, I was just like watching some of them. I'm like, their effort is like kind of kind of trash. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever seen like 
Marquise Noel get to the lane as easily as he has yeah. all season than against Kentucky, especially with Oscar Shibway in the paint. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't. I think Oscar Shibway had what he had like what two block attempts or something like that. And um, anyone else? Like, there's only like four blocks in the game. A lot of times in the Big Twelve, when Marquise Noel went to the lane, his shot got blocked. Shibway had zero blocks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had zero. He had zero blocks. Come this on. man camped down in the paint the entire damn game. I know, granted, defensively, you know, he you brought him out because he was on, you know, Naquan Tomlin, and that stretches out, you know, the defense and stuff like that, and I totally get that. But, I mean, only four blocks in the whole game. I don't know how many times Marquise got blocked, but I don't think – it might have been just one time, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think Marquise got blocked one time, and every time in the Big 12 he drives to the paint looking to score and not pass – the man gets the shot blocks. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. He, he gets yeah. the shot blocks all the time. But these past two games, like, the man is getting in the lane with absolute ease. This man is just on another level. He's just playing unconscious right now. And this is a great time for this to happen. A great time because defenses haven't fully been aware on how to completely stop him. You know, Kentucky tried to do it. They tried to, you know, to double him at the top of the key and stuff like that and force him right, and then they got burnt by the passes and – that's and that's how that uh, first half ended with Naquan Tomlin in that spectacular dunk to end it all because they were oh, yeah. they were trying to double him and he burned him because I think he had what I want to say what seven assists in that first half maybe if I'm not it's like seven or five in the in the first half alone yeah it's somewhere around that and then they tried to play it off and that's when those uh, two to three quick turnovers at the start of the second half and they're like oh he's like all right bet y'all play me for the pass I'm just gonna get to the bucket. And that's and that's pretty much where what is done, what was done, and what was done. Because at that point they couldn't do a damn thing to stop that man. They really mm-hmm. couldn't. And that's and that's just who K State needed to just go unconscious. If it's if it's gonna be someone's game every game, then I'm then damn it, damn it by all means, by all damn means. That's what y'all gonna do. But. It's already been 23 minutes here. We're going to take a quick break, just two minutes long. I promise you we'll be right back. And when we do, we're going to get to more K-State men's basketball. Going to get to Coach Tang's comments that also angered a lot of Kentucky fans. But was the man wrong? And what are they really angry about? We'll get to that in this next segment. Do not go anywhere. Everybody, welcome back to Running Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me is John Grove, and we also have Grant Snowden in the building with y'all here tonight. So if y'all missed that first half of the show, fret not. Just talk a little bit of K-State basketball, you feel me? Absolutely taking it to Kentucky, who was the number six seed, K-State as the number three seed, beating them a 75 to 69. <laughs> nice. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, all right, so we talked about Marquise Noel absolutely putting on a show, not only in this game against Kentucky where he was called a quote-unquote little kid. I don't know why Kelly Kapowski would want to call him that, but whatever. He dropped 27 points, 9 assists, 3 steals. 23 of those points came in the first half. My man was absolutely cooking, cooking. The man said, I am a effing beast, okay, after that lob to Naquan Tomlin. It just, uh, 
Things just, you just love when things set the tone. That was when yeah. Robert Griffin said, like, uh, uh, caption this photo. And yeah, yeah and that, that's, that's awesome. when Marcus yes. replying. It is just. You dropped this so king. Good. You dropped this king. Here, let me hand it back to you. Okay, but still, that's not the only. This this man has been cooking not just in this game, but in the first game as well against Montana State. He had 17 points, 14 assists. 14 assists. That is the most by a Wildcat in a tournament ever in school history. And I got this little nice little fun fact from CBS Sports that players with 40-plus points and 20-plus assists prior to the Sweet 16 in a single men's NCAA tournament since 1990. Only two people have done it. That is John Morant in 2019 and Marquise Snowell in 2023. That's mm-hmm. very good company. <laughs> very, very good company to be in, especially when there's only two people. Or that prior to that being in that room, there was only one guy. <laughs> now that's it. Now it's a duo. That's that's it's 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 a duet in that only room. But that's it. Out of all the years since 1990, I don't. Someone what is that? 30, 33 years? Yep. Maybe I don't know yep. math. 30 in 33 years, mm-hmm. only two people has done it. Only two people has done it in two within the last five years. That's incredible. That's insane. This is just where this man is at, and hopefully he can keep it up because up next they do go to New York, which I'm so happy for them. Woo. They get to go to the Garden. Marquise Noel, Naquan Tomlin, Tyke Green, Ish Masood, and even yep. Coach Coach Kelly. He apparently he's from New York, too. They yeah. all get to go home and play in the mecca of sports. Sports in the entire world, that being Madison Square Garden. I just find it interesting from an uh, Ish Masood perspective. He went back to North Carolina. Uh, he previously played college ball at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely, uh, I think he played in the ACC tournament in Greensboro. Um, but he made his return to North Carolina, and now he's going to go back home along with some of the other fellow cats who make the uh, make their way back to uh, New it's, York. It's just so nice to see, and it was funny. Because uh, one of the sound bites that I unfortunately did not get is that he was asked, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get to NYC? And he said, get a haircut. He said he was looking rough. He said, you know, you need to go find his barber. You need to get shaped up because he said he was looking rough. And I was like, you know what? That man has a different set of loyalty to go all this time without anybody else touching this man's hair. But only one man and only one barber can do that. And that's his barber in NYC. So he's going to go get a cut. I, I, I'm trying not to bring up a past or anything, but didn't he have a buzz cut last year? He did have he a did. buzz cut last year. He did have a buzz cut. He did, but who knows? Maybe that might have been like a, I need something done, and I don't think he has had a haircut since, so maybe he didn't like the buzz yeah. cut. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may not have liked it, so maybe that's more than likely why he's waited all this time to, until he went back home to go get a different cut, which I understand. I understand. I, I applaud that kind of loyalty to this man's barber because so I've heard, because obviously I'm not a man who need to go to a barber. They're hard to find, but someone who does need their hair done, it's a lot of people don't know how to do hair when they know, think that they do. But anyway, I digress. I digress. I get where this man is coming from, and I absolutely respect him in every facet and every way. Okay, you feel me? But we got to move on to the stuff. We got to move on to the stuff because we talked about defense earlier. We talked about Naquan Tomlin earlier. And, John, you said that this kid has, like, the highest ceiling out of anybody in the Big 12, absolutely. and I couldn't agree with you more. I could not agree with you more because hopefully – because he's been he honestly he's been an NBA prospect ever like since the first five games of the season. Let's be honest, yeah. he he's been on people's draft boards. I hope that he stays another year. Because if the NBA loves one thing, it's sure as hell gonna be a project. The NBA loves a project, yep. and Nick Quan Tomlin would be a project. But I feel like he maybe he'll benefit more just an extra year 
with you know Coach Tang and his staff, who they're known on developing dudes. They yeah. they did that their entire time at Baylor and things of that nature. You know what I mean? And I mean, granted, I'm also coming for someone who's being selfish right now because I would love to have Nick Wontama back with this team. But, you know, he's going to choose what's best for him. But if we think that – if we let's just say hypothetically that he does stay, that he does stay for next year. Like, oh, my God, this he's going to be the dude. He's going to be the dude because what he's done these last two games – has honestly been stellar. Last two games, he had 13 points, 6-9 from the field against Montana State. Against Kentucky, he had 12 points, 6-8 from the field, 6 rebounds, 4 blocks, and 2 steals, okay? And you know what's really huge about those two games? He stayed out of foul trouble. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pick up a quick 2 or 3. He stayed out of foul trouble. I mean, he did get a quick 1 foul at the beginning of Montana State, but, I mean, that kind of, like, settled in. He eventually finished that game with 4 fouls, but at that point... Didn't really, it didn't really matter, mm-hmm. luckily. Yep. But against Kentucky, uh, let me let me double check. I think he might have only had two or three. He had three. He had three fouls against Kentucky, and you know, and it's always the timings of the fouls. That's that's always the thing. It's always like timely fouls and this, that, and the third. He had no timely fouls. Okay, and it was that's that's why he's such a, a huge part of this because people people know how they're going to play Keontae Johnson okay they're going to do the best they can granted Kentucky did a good job on Keontae I don't think he was like just kind of fully out of rhythm like in honestly in all of K-State's offense to begin with for the majority of the game because let's be honest K-State started what over 12 from three-point range yep. in the first mm-hmm. half and you know luckily they were 41 percent from the field only because like all their points came from the paint. How many times have we been able to say that yeah, <laughs> in never. the season? Not, not, not a whole bunch. Not a whole bunch, but, you know, it, it came to be because they had five of nine in the second half. But, you know, whatever. It was just an offensive struggle in the first half. If shots were falling, this, bro, we would have we probably shot Kentucky out of the gym. Oh, Let's yeah. be real. And it would have been early, too. It would have been real early. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Those shots weren't meant to go down. It was meant for, you know, Marquise Noel to have an absolute unconscious, you know, time of the game for him to just go off, and that's just what we needed at that point. But still, Nick Guantomlin. And also, it's just, we know we've seen this potential. All of us have seen this potential if he just stayed out of foul trouble, and he's, he knows this. Every time he talks about it, he's just like, man, I'm, I'd be in foul trouble. That's just, that's that's how it, I, he knows that he gets in foul trouble. And if he could give, like, 35 minutes a game, he's going to yeah. give us these type of numbers consistently consistently into also into guard Oscar Shibwe the entire game and only pick up three fouls and have and he had what four blocks I want to say all four, four of them mm-hmm. might have been on Oscar Shibwe at least yeah. three of I them I think three of them were then like one of them was like an alley-oop yes got, something but. something this man was guarding him so well and yes people I understand Oscar Shibwe 25 points 18 rebounds I get that 11 of those 25 points or at least 10 of them 10 of the 11 or maybe uh, nine, nine of the eleven. I think he missed two at some point. Nine of them from the free throw. Yeah, line. nine of those twenty-five points were from the free throw line. If you want to get real nitpicky, eighteen of his like eighteen rebounds. I feel like at least eight of them might have been over the back calls that he that that the whistle just wasn't blown. But we can you can get real technical. But that's not what we're gonna do. Okay, we're gonna talk about still K State with Nate Quantalman, and he's done an excellent job not being in foul trouble, getting to the board like like six of nine from the field. Six of eight from the field? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is this is something that we've all been waiting for and that we knew he could do if he just stayed out of foul trouble. And I think he now knows, like, how to play this, how to play this a little bit extra, 
a little bit off brand because this is not the Big 12. Granted, we'll get to you know Big 12 success in the tournament. It hasn't been as great as we thought it was, but it's still nice to play someone not in the Big 12 because everyone knows your tendencies by that point, and that's why he gets so much foul trouble. But yeah. his presence is so important. That's been I think he's been a huge, huge factor in why K State has been so successful in getting into the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, um, if you want to, okay. I was just gonna say, I, I mean, Naquan Thomas played great, and I think when David Gasson's also been playing very, very Absolutely. well, and when we have those two yep. guys, when they can rotate in or even play both of them at the same time, much more dangerous team, and we can get points in the paint and not just be on the arc, and that's exactly what we did in that first half. Tom went. I mean, he just played a massive role for his uh, for the offensive game plan for K State. Um, you know, when when the when the outside shots weren't falling, um, and I think Jerome Tang uh, alluded to this uh, in his uh, like his end game interview that he did with CBS. He he placed an emphasis on getting to the rack and uh, cat and. Um, Tom Tomlin was just always there, waiting to finish. His outstanding play in the first half was capped off, uh, of course, by just one of the most insane lobs, uh, as assists from Marquise Noel, um, getting the lob uh, to Naquan Tomlin. Time ran down, gave K-State a, uh, a three-point lead up a break. If K-State wants to continue its magical season, I mean, they're going to need the, the Harlem native to step up and to continue the tremendous play that he's shown as of late. He's uh, And when he's playing 33 minutes uh, or plus a game, K-State is undefeated. He only played 30, uh, but nonetheless, he still contributed uh, in, a, in a heavy in a heavy factor, as, uh, in a heavy way um, as well. And, and you're right, David Gasson. I mean, any opportunity when the ball is loose or, or where it was just when – uh, Sheboy did not have a ball tied in his hands. I mean, uh, Gasson just trying to rip it away from him. First it, to the floor, it, too. It, it must have been physical and difficult as well. Yeah, he was the first one on the floor yeah. as well. Um, so he had a, he had a great outing um, and also had some really good shots um, and passes from Marquis Noel. So, um, but Biggs contributed in a in a big way to uh, um, yesterday. And it's and it's so huge that they have because the defense have been stellar these last two games because they forced 16 turnovers against Montana State and Kentucky. Yep. And they've done a lot more than, you know, of course, the bigs doing what they do. Obviously, uh, Desi Sills, one of our better de- defenders. Cam Carter is not getting enough attention to being as a defender, in my opinion, because this, this he can play some defense now. He can definitely play some defense. Yeah. Granted, I know nothing shows up a lot on the, on the stat sheets and what he does. I know... Uh, if he missed a couple early shots at the beginning of the game, too, that just the offense just wasn't you know clicking as much in that first half. But he had a, he had a lot. He had a lot, and like he had a lot of shots. Some just didn't go down. Yeah. He knows how to get these shots down. The kid could be averaging like 15 points a game next year. I'll be honest with you, John. I, I want to point this out as well. The, the the limited turnovers that we saw against Kentucky, they kept the turnovers down. Uh, just eight yes. turnovers, four in the fir- four in each half. Uh, they had they had less and. It, when the Wildcats have less than 11 turnovers this season, they're undefeated. Uh, and getting shots up is important. It's a huge factor in the, uh, from an offensive standpoint. And K-State, I mean, they put a lot of shots up, but threes weren't going. I mean, they are tough to stop. But defensively, uh, on the defensive side, K-State was swarming and they forced 16 turnovers off of one of the best offenses uh, and rebounding teams in Kentucky. They forced 16 turnovers, including 11 in the first half alone. And, and when the shots, they're not falling for K-State, their defense kept them in the game by forcing more turnovers. That especially was uh, a, a, the case in the game, uh, the first 20 minutes of the game. And it's just, it's it's uh, so spectacular that they've been able because, 
I know those in those losses that we had in that like really rough stretch with um, Texas Tech and Oklahoma and stuff like that. Our defense was good, just offense wasn't clicking. And if if yesterday was a Big Twelve matchup, it was kind of that same sort of deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where defense was good, offense wasn't quite clicking, and that was a game we just didn't end up winning. And I know Coach Tang said that was a lot about effort. Guys are tired, but guys are refreshed now. They are now winning a game that would have given them a lot of trouble in the regular season, and they've done it against Kentucky. They've done it against a team that is that's just obviously historically good. I know this is not the Kentucky team that our parents are, you know, used to, I'm sure, but still this is a this was a good Kentucky team to be a sixth seed and to be in this tournament, you know what I mean? So I'm still giving them credit where credit is due. All right, don't get me wrong. But just to show what this team just has just a little bit extra oomph more than others, just, just that they got dudes. We're talking about David Gasson. We're talking about Naquan Tomlin. We ha- we've had trouble with big dudes in the past, in the post. We've, oh, yeah. we've had trouble with them. And, and like I said, I'll say it again, Oscar Shebe did have 25 points, 18 rebounds. That's really good. But when you realize that Oscar Shebe had at least 25 pounds on both David Gasson yeah. and Naquan <laughs> Tomlin, for them to do the job that they did on this man – was just absolutely superb and cannot be overlooked in any way, form, and fashion, okay? It's just, it just can't. If we ignore it, then we just don't know ball. If you ignore it, you don't know ball. If you think this is all like, no, nah, K-State's not that good, Kentucky was just blah, 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 all this, this, that, and the third, you don't know ball. But that's okay. And maybe if you keep listening, we might teach you a little something, okay? All right? All right, so we're going to come back after this quick break. Don't worry. We'll get to more K-State basketball. We'll get to our ladies, okay, Like, because the men ain't the only ones doing the damn thing in the postseason now. Our K-State women's team is in the WNIT. All right, and after we spanked that behind against Wichita State, okay, so we got to give love where love is due. You feel me? We'll be right back after this quick break. Go to lunch in the Jewish community. I won't tell on the bros with immunity. Paying for them, that shit ain't gonna ruin me. I'm the only one now that I do me. I got by the crew trying to do me. My life hey. like a movie, get hit in the water. Hey. I'm not putting no work, I in orders. Hey. I see the I'm hey. Hey. Be ready to go. I'm young and I'm hey. Alright, I know I gotta I gotta I gotta calm down my excitement. It's okay. It's just like this is the theme. This is the theme, you know what I mean? This this is low down, this little baby. The clean version, of course, because we are public radio. We for the kids. <laughs> we for the kids. But anywho, okay. We just we just gotta start off that we got dudes, man. We got dudes. We got dudes. And I forgot to bring and I forgot to mention this a little bit earlier that, you know, Kentucky fans, what John geniusly calls them Karen Tucky. All right, and all they little uh, whining and, you know, crying and moaning and all this, that, and the third because of something that Coach Tang said that they didn't really like, even though the man didn't say anything wrong. He just wasn't, you know, kissing on their feet like I guess a lot of the people would expect him or what they're used to being a, you know, a blue blood, the royalty of college basketball, yada, 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 whatever, all this type of this, that, and the third, okay? So let's listen to Coach Tang's comments, and I want to ask you guys, what do you, like? What did Kentucky fans get out of this? What What are they misunderstanding exactly from it? So let's let's take a listen. Jerome, how much of a statement is this for you and your program first year? Be the program like Kentucky, and you're going to New York to play in the Sweet Sixteen. Well, you know, we have a program that's rich in tradition, also, and the, you know, I mean, like all those old, old dudes that played for Kentucky, they ain't coming back, right? Like, so I mean, uh, tradition does not help you 
if you don't get out there on the floor and play with some dudes. And uh, we had more dudes than they did today. And so, guys, what is why is Kentucky so up in arms about this here quote? I just find it hilarious how how the Kentucky fans and, and the media in Lexington as well. I mean, they they ju- they're just calling. I mean, they're just calling their shots. I mean, the comments are just. I mean, they they call his comments classless. He's right. He, he's he's right. completely right. But but traditions from the past don't determine the outcome of a present. Uh, and this and this applies not just to to college basketball. I mean, we're seeing it with college football with some of these teams. I mean, Texas is not up to par with all the tradition that they have. Uh, I mean, you can name off a lot of schools: Nebraska, Miami, and, and basketball. I guess Indiana applies to that as well. I mean, you, you, uh, this is one hundred percent true. A, a lot of this establishment and college basketball, t- and it took shots at the likes of. K-State and, and Miami and, I mean, Princeton as well. They're in the sweet, dang sweet 16. Mm-hmm. But here we are. We're now seeing these type of teams in the second weekend while we're looking at teams such as Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina. They're sitting on the sofa and just having to brace it. I mean, let me tell you, at least Kansas fans, I, 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 I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on Twitter uh, these, at least for Kansas fans, take these losses. With, uh, I mean, they don't like come out bashing the the coaching staffs and whatnot. Kentucky fans, I mean, they're just they're a different breed of just pettiness, self entitlement. It, it's 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 embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. It's exactly like their coach. They they they, they respond just exactly like their coach. It's pathetic. Yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with John. I mean, I don't think Tank said anything wrong. And, I mean, he is absolutely right. Tradition, you know, doesn't graduate. You know, you had Xavier Sneed, Davion Bradford behind the bench, both games in the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm on Twitter a lot, too. I don't see any Kentucky guys tweeting out, you know, good luck, good job, you know, great game. You know, I've seen Wesley Wandu, Dean Wade, guys like that, you know, still on Twitter supporting the guys. So, I mean, you know, it's just a strong sense of community here at K-State. And I don't think Tank said anything wrong. I just... You know, the Kentucky fans got to calm down a little bit and just take the loss. You know, it, hold the L. Exactly, because what people are so damn upset about, he's saying, like, tradition does not win you games right now. <laughs> like, it, it, it does not. Just because, like, you had, you know, Anthony Davis, you had John Wall, those guys were great, and they were great while they were here. But they're not here right now, okay? Yeah. You're What you're trying to do and what you're trying to carry with you is the name on the front of your jersey, and that's it. You're, the name on the front of the jersey is not going to carry you as far as it used to, mm-hmm. probably. Now, and that's when he said, like, today we had more dudes than they did, and which was true. They had more dudes than they did today. They had, like, Kentucky, we talked about it a little bit earlier. They look, they look, Heike got a lifeless out there trying to trying to guard Marquise Noel and all the fire that Marquise had playing this game. No, not a single person on Kentucky's team matched it. Nowhere close to matching his energy. And we talked about that maybe if one player did, then we might have a different conversation right now. But they did it because that day they did not have the dudes to do so. And Coach Tang team and K-State's team, they did. And once again, I utter, tradition does not do Jack Diddley squat for you today, right now, in this moment, in this game. Tradition does not mean Jack. The front of your jersey does not mean a thing. It is about the X's, the O's, the Jimmy's, and the Joe's. Okay? That's it. That is it. What y'all did 10 years ago does not matter what y'all doing today. It doesn't. It never has. And it it just it just never ever has. 
didn't matter with St. Peter's uh, last year. Didn't matter with UMBC beating Virginia Mm -hmm. or Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue. I mean, I mean, these teams, they're wanting to compete to win, not be on the same level as some of these Blue Bloods. And I understand it's a little bit different and just with a pedigree with some of the schools like Alabama and Georgia have. But, I mean, we're, we're now seeing upsets uh, just on a full magnitude that, mm-hmm. that, these, that these type of teams that we, keep, um, that we keep on mentioning, they're now going to be battle-tested by the teams that want to be there, they want to compete, uh, and they just want to, and they just want to simply kick your ass. They just want to simply it. kick your ass. Cause they they gonna go out, they gonna go out kicking and screaming. Okay, like that, that's that's what they gonna do. That's why this tournament is so insane. And also, like in the last five years, you've had two 16 seed teams beat a number one seed team. That's that has never happened in the history of the NCAA until UMBC did it against Virginia in what 2019? No, 2018. 2018. In 2018. Okay, then you have you know. Five years later, you have FDU doing it against Purdue. And the fact that that has never happened in the history of this tournament before, 2018, and it's happened twice now in the last five years, and also number 15 seed getting a piece of the number two seed with Princeton in Arizona. Okay, this this type of stuff that did not normally happen. Normally these teams, the number one seed, the highest seeded teams, it's a cakewalk to, to the Final Four, to the Elite Eight, and that's what it's built to be, but... Well, it's not shaping up like that no more. I'll tell you what. I mean, you see the, the likes of St. Peter's, Fairleigh Dickinson, and Princeton. Yeah. Uh, those small New Jersey schools, they don't give a crap they about anything eating, a, 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 anything whatsoever. I mean, the state of New Jersey, there's some. There's something to fear. There's something to fear, <laughs> man. I mean, it's like, when, when March when March happens. I mean, th- I mean that's that's their purge. They, they 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 just start going after everybody. Yeah, like don't y'all know? Like two is a coincidence. Three is a pattern. It's, this is it's been three. It's mm. been more. It's been FDU. It's been St. Peter's. It's been it's been Princeton. Okay, we just lucky that those three did not happen in one tournament, or else this entire <laughs> thing would have burnt down. Okay, something would have caught on fire. But I'm, I'm surprised ugh. it didn't burn down when when uh, when Fairleigh Dickinson won because there were some already so many upsets. Oh, yeah. so so many. That's why this this month is so much fun. But we got to get to it the last at least nine minutes or eight minutes or so in the show because we got to talk about our ladies because, like I said, the men's ain't the only one doing the damn thing in the postseason around here in Manhattan, Kansas, you feel me? Because K-State women's basketball team is in the WNIT. And let me tell you, on what was it? It was on, what, Thursday that they played, I want to mm, say? That sounds Wednesday? Right. Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. Around that time, either way, they was whooping Wichita State's behind. They beat them 92-54. Uh, that was the score? Uh, a lot. To, yeah, 55-90. to 90. Yeah. 90-56. to 56. Or 56. Yeah, see, these things are, these things are, these words are small. Basically, you know when I mean? it's a blowout, everybody ignores the score and just say, oh, okay, that's a blowout. Yeah, you just know that they with that ass. That's, that's, that's what it was. They was cooking from behind the arc, like, for the game. Like, K-State shot 40% from three. And you and you came up to me, John, at the beginning of the game, after they, they I think they drained, like, the first three three-pointers of the game. And you're like, that, like, yo, these they they gonna they gonna be falling. Like mm-hmm. they they not gonna miss. I was like, yo, knock on wood real quick, all right? And then all of a sudden they just start 
knocking these, these, these mugs down. They were 11 for 27. And even my own dad was watching because he watches because I'm on doing sideline. He was like, he was like watching me. He was like, yo, I'm actually so proud of them. I was really enjoying what I'm watching right there of them whooping their ass. I was like, that's right, dad. That's right. Get them. Because I tell him all the time, like, yo, this K-State women's team, they're, they're, the, they're probably the weirdest team ever because of how good they are and how good they can be, but they're also in the WNIT. That's just all the most frustrating thing because they, be, they can be some of the best teams in the country, and they have. They have. They, they took the whooping to both Iowa teams, and Iowa with Caitlin Clark, who's an absolute stud, an absolute beast with the ball in her hand. If she's anywhere in the gym, she's open. They were able to beat them. Okay, and they were able to beat Iowa State as well. They got the goods to do so, but that's just, it's just, dang. When are y'all gonna, when are y'all gonna win the whole thing? Because next year when Ayoka Lee comes back, the ceiling is so high. They and go, everybody else cook. is screwed. Exactly, because, oh, my confidence. My confidence is so high in our, in our women's team, bro. And especially since Jalen Glenn got robbed for all defensive team, all Big 12 defensive team when she led the freaking league in steals with 75 in the regular season. She's had more since then, but the next closest person had 60. She had 15 more than the other individual who actually made the all-defensive team, which was Rory Harmon. Granted, she's an excellent defensive player. I'm not taking anything away from her or anyone else who made all-defense. But Jalen Glenn should have been named all-defense. This person who leads the Big 12 in steals probably should have been on that team, but I digress. But I digress, because another thing about this K-State team playing Wichita State, not only did they absolutely cook from behind the arc, their defense was superb. Superb. Obviously, it was a lot too little, like Grant said. Wichita State only had 56 points. But offensively, they they held Wichita State to 27% from the field. 27% from the field. They only had one player that was absolutely cooking, and that was Curtisa Dean. She had 22 points, and for a lot of that, there was she was she was more than half of her team's points. Like there was a time where they had 45 points before it was garbage time, and some other players on the bench was getting their shots up, you know, whatever. She had more than 50 percent of their points, and out. But other than her, that was it. The next highest point total was eight points, and that was some. That was it. They were cooking on the defense, and defense has been so excellent with this K-State team ever since the Big 12 tournament. Big 12 tournament against Texas Tech, their defense absolutely stellar. Their defense against Texas, even though they ended up losing that game in the first half, the Texas was on the ropes and then they just had a really damn good third quarter to kind of pull away from them, but they had Texas on the ropes, okay? But this team, they're they on, they on something special and they get to play Wyoming tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. I will be doing sideline for that game as well. So please, Postseason in Manhattan. Y'all should not be anywhere else except for Bramlage Coliseum at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. If y'all could at least just come say hi to me. Come wave, okay? Do, do something. Y'all need to be in the building because they get a chance to go to their, to their Super 16, okay, and possibly still have another home game. We have a home game, a home basketball game in March. In March? You know how huge this is, especially when we've been starred for postseason, even though our women's team has been fairly consistent in their postseason. Let's let's get that straight and foremost. But it's here and it's at home. And it's something that we should all be excited about and not and we should all we should all go. Take a couple hours out your day, out your evening. You'll be off work, okay? You'll be out of class. Get your behind in Bramlage Coliseum for this game against Wyoming, because we expect it to be a good one. Knock on wood, because I may not be superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. But anywho. That's the thing. Any comments from John and from Grant about our K-State women's basketball team? 
I uh, hope they can c keep the uh, momentum going. Uh, I know they, they they poured a season high thirty one points in the third quarter uh, against which yeah. against Wichita State as well. So uh, the offense is starting to heat up. I know there was a few Wyoming fans that were also questioning, "Hey, why don't we get the home court advantage? We had more fans." I think the, re the way they determine the home the home games is how is how much how many people are in attendance and really that's what Wyoming fans were were arguing about but we get them home it's another opportunity in Bramwich and let's just get the dang thing done yeah I mean if that's if that's the case because I because I didn't see any seeds I don't really know how NIT works for the men's or women's side I'll be quite honest I, with you I, I honestly that, that's just a rumor that popped up in my head my mom's a Wyoming grad she was just talking about it but if that's the case that's all the more reason y'all should come through because ain't no way in hell that our team should be anywhere near Wyoming. No offense to those in Wyoming, but i rather just go to the game, and i also rather work for the game because they give me paychecks. But it's, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me, okay? That's all the more reason for y'all to show up at Bramble's Coliseum once again at 6 p.m. tomorrow night to watch K-State and Wyoming. I'm just saying this team's defense is all one. They show that they can kill you from the three-point range. Like I said, things that they've been able to do all season – and that's exactly why we expect good things from them upcoming next season. Okay, you feel me? Oh, uh, that's pretty much all we really have for today. We got a lot done. We talked about K-State men's basketball in March Madness. Absolutely becoming America, one of America's probably favorite team. Because this we, we're not surprised about what Marquise is doing. We're not surprised about what Keontae's doing, what Naquan Thomas doing, what Isha's doing, what Davis doing. All these dudes, we are not surprised. But just the fact that... The rest of America gets the chance to see what we've been seeing all season and they actually enjoy what they're looking at. It just puts a smile on your face, don't it? It does. It always does. It was like you had you had RG3 tweeting about, you know, Marquise Noel talking about caption this. You had Isaiah Thomas tweeting about Marquise Noel talking about, yo, he he cold. You know what I mean? All this national attention to people who would never pay attention to K State anything. K State football, K State basketball, K State anything. And they're able to watch them on a national stage. It's so it is it's just pleasing to the eye, pleasing to the heart. That's all I got to say. Real quick, guys, please, John, give us your social media. John Grove 2 on Twitter and Instagram, minus the H. Right, Grant? Grant.snow30 Grant on Instagram and Grant underscore snow15 on Twitter. All right, and you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jasmine3H. That is J-A-Z-S-M-I-N, the number three, and then H. That has been it for Running Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me was John Grove and Grant Snow. And we will see y'all back here on Monday. You're not going to want to miss it. Love y'all. See y'all next week.